SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of today's show, I'm going to break down the world of NFL betting with my good friend and a good guest, Stephen Nover. Going to join us. Nover's one of these guys. He's been unbelievable. His track record in the NFL is as good uh, as anybody in the business. So I'm excited to pick his brain and share that with you uh, on today's show. But before we bring Nover in, we got to talk. And this is one of my themes. And first, I want to say I apologize for missing last week. Look, I was under the weather big time. No COVID, thankfully. Uh, tested twice and didn't have it. But uh, I had a pretty nasty flu, man. I was down uh, for three days last week. Just slept right through them. That doesn't happen very often. So feeling much better this time around. And of course, always appreciate uh, you tuning in each and every weekend here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. I want to start today's show with a theme that I've had for quite some time, and that's running backs don't matter. There was a great article this past week. Uh, Bill Barnwell, one of ESPN's better writers, came out and did a nice piece on the biggest contracts for running backs in the NFL. And we can go through all of these backs are elite. Christian McCaffrey, absolutely elite. Zeke Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones. We're not talking about second-tier running backs. And yet each and every one of these guys, when you look at the money that they were paid, these are the highest-paid running backs in the NFL, each and every contract, I would grade it if not a F, maybe a D. Look at McCaffrey. Uh, all right, McCaffrey's as good as any back in the NFL. They signed him to the big contract, and what happens to running backs? They don't last. He was hurt all last year. He's been hurt all this year. I know the Panthers are way better with him than without him. It's like the Saints with Kamara. Way better with their stud running back than without him. And yet, <laughs> they can't stay on the field. It doesn't matter. I know the Panthers stink without McCaffrey. They probably would have stunk with McCaffrey this year. You know, and this is a guy who was playing 90% of the Panthers' snaps in 2018, 90% of their snaps in 2019, but he can't stay healthy. And that is very, very typical. Look at Zeke Elliott. All right. Again, as good as any back in the NFL. All right. But another guy who had an enormous usage rate. 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. They were built around Zeke Elliott. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter even a little bit. Right now, you look at Dallas, when Zeke's in the lineup versus when he's not in the lineup, it's not worth half a point. All right. (laughs) The Cowboys' second-string running back and third-string running back have the same production as Zeke Elliott this season. I mean, there's one back that isn't on this list. That's Le'Veon Bell, who, of course, is held out from Pittsburgh uh, got signed to a big contract by the Jets and then did absolutely nothing uh, with that money. He's not the only one in that regard. These are all the most recent. Look at Dalvin Cook. Again, Cook is a stud. I'm with you. He's a monster when he's healthy. 
but running backs don't stay healthy. What happens when Cook's been out of line this year? Madison's come in and done every bit as much as Dalvin Cook in terms of yards per play, in terms of catching the passes, in terms of uh, picking up the blitzes. It doesn't matter when Dalvin Cook's not there. So the running backs are for fantasy. Look, they're huge. For prop betters, you're always going to look at the running back props. No question about it. But when it comes <laughs> to looking at who are we going to pay, here's my franchise. I have to decide what I'm going to do with this franchise. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I wouldn't pay any running back ever. You can get a guy in the seventh round who can come in and be a Hall of Famer. Hey, we've seen that happen before. I think the Broncos had a back by then. They won a couple of Super Bowls with Terrell Davis. Maybe it was a six-rounder, whatever he was. That's not unusual or unheard of. And to see these guys, Saquon Barkley, they're going to play Barkley? <laughs> I mean, oh, running backs simply make me crazy. And when you hear betters talking about the importance of this running back or the importance of that running back, or this guy's out, that matters, that guy's out, that matters, I'm telling you flat out, the results show very clearly one running back in the NFL. Yeah, there's difference between the top backs and the second-tier backs. But from a point spread perspective, half a point, maybe. Does it make a team a whole lot better when they have a great running back as opposed to an okay running back? It really doesn't. Running backs, not where I'm going to spend my money if I'm an NFL GM. We're just getting started here on Cover It with Teddy Covers. I'm telling you. Today's show absolutely loaded. Stephen Over coming up next after this brief commercial message. Please stay tuned. Look. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I had him on at the beginning of football season, and I haven't had him on since. And I feel like we need more Stephen Nover in our lives. Mr. Nover, welcome to Cover It with Teddy Cummings. Hey, hey Teddy. Uh, you would bring me on in this toughest, uh, I think this is the toughest NFL week to handicap of the entire <laughs> season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. We got, yeah, no problem, buddy. We got COVID everywhere. We have lines bounce. I mean, literally, this is some of the biggest biggest line moves we're ever going to see uh, in yep. the NFL yep. uh, this week. We'll get into this week's card a little bit later. First, I want to start with this. How's your season going overall? Uh, you having a good year, a bad year, a great year? Uh, how's your NFL done here in 2021? Uh, I'm 68 and 49, uh, computing out to 58%. So, uh, you know, can't complain. Uh, the goal is always like 60% or better, although I don't know if that's attainable. But, uh, you know, that's what I always I strive for that. But uh, no complaints right now. You know, the usual number of bad beats. But uh, I got real lucky uh, on Thursday with the Chiefs. So uh, no, no complaints, at least this week, Teddy. Yeah, now talk about a game that you didn't want to watch. It didn't matter if you had Kansas City, if you had the Chargers, if you had the over, if you had the under. That game was brutal to watch <laughs> from a betting standpoint, as stressful uh, as it gets. And, of course, if you had that Chiefs and over parlay, you're like, ah, oh, never in doubt. Just look at the final score. It was easy. That was a sweat right. and a half 
on Thursday. Yeah. Steven, one of the reasons I like to bring you in to talk NFL is when it comes to long-term track record, there aren't a lot of guys that have a better long-term track record in the NFL than you do. Talk about what you've been able to do long-term in the NFL, and I'm going to ask you how you've done it. Uh, but first, I'll let you brag for a minute. Uh so far, since I'm winning this season, I'll count 25 winning NFL seasons out of the last 28 years. That's your brag? That's it? That's it. No, just... <laughs> no, I'm Is it like 15 or 16 in a row now? Uh, years that you've won? No, I, I had uh, you know, about uh, three three seasons ago, I had a losing, a losing season. And... Uh, couple of those years uh, just barely uh, finished above 500 but uh, you know, I've also had some very strong years so um, I, I, I feel confident that I'll, I'll beat NFL every year but um, man it, 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 it gets rough you know you really gotta adapt with the times that's for sure each year is so different than the previous year well when you talk about 25 documented winning seasons out of the last what 28 years you've been doing what did you say 25 out of 28 yeah. Yeah, that's pretty that's that's a good track record, <laughs> Stephen. Uh, and obviously at 58% for the full season this year, well over 100 plays. Let me ask you this. You know, you say every year's different. How have you done it so well for so long? What makes you good at the NFL? I uh, <clears throat> I approach it uh the basis of my handicapping is fundamentally, you know, really knowing the players. I'm in a lot of uh, <clears throat> uh, high-caliber uh, rotisserie leagues, and it really helps me know the players and their backups and things. So from a fundamental standpoint, I, I'm really covered. And, and plus, I love the NFL. You know, I've watched it since I was a little kid back in the 60s, and I have a great passion for it, so I follow it very closely. But I also, through uh, my background, which isn't the usual type of background, getting into betting, uh, I came through newspapers <clears throat> and with my newspaper experience, not only uh, having covered pro teams, developing contacts and sources all around the country from different various newspaper stops I was at, but my last one being in Las Vegas, where being the gaming columnist back then, I got to uh, meet and, and interview and talk to and become friends with a lot of the top bookmakers, odds makers, and bettors like yourself. That's how you and I first became acquainted. So I've been I've had the chance to really develop a lot of sources, and a lot of these people are very strong in certain areas, certain teams, certain areas of the country. Some are very strong with totals. And in just doing this, Teddy, for so long, I know you feel this way too. You kind of just develop a, a second sense about things. Uh, if you, things have to pass the smell test, the eye test. you got to respect stop signs. All kinds of things, and just if you throw it all in the pot and stir it up, uh, uh, hopefully it leads to a winning season every year. So, I mean, that's a, it's easy enough to say, but you talked about how every year in the NFL is different, and I agree with that. And certainly when you're talking about the long-term picture. You know, I moved to Vegas in 1998, and betting NFL then compared to betting NFL now, I'm not going to say it's apples and oranges, but it's pretty close. You know, it's a very yeah. different betting marketplace now than it was yes. 20 years ago or 15 years ago or, you know, however many years ago. <laughs> um, talk to me about how the marketplace has changed since your streak of winning seasons began. And it's gotten a lot sharper. 
uh, there's a lot more analytics involved, a lot more esoteric type statistics that have become more mainstream. A lot of top uh, websites that can really give you good information, both from a, a statistical standpoint and also from a player standpoint. Uh, the, the fantasy football market has really exploded. And you can get a lot of pertinent, uh, important information player-wise about this that you can uh, that is applicable to handicapping the games. And so I think this is a kind of, you know, you know, the the game, the players evolve, they get bigger, they get better, they get more skillful. Same with the handicapping market. Yeah, the the, the market evolves, Uh, you know, it can evolve in season. And over the last couple of weeks, we've had two stretches this year, you know, one in October and one here in December where we've seen the quote unquote public do very well. Uh, every Sunday before kickoffs, I send out my pros versus Joes tweet. You know, uh, you know my take on the sharp square divide uh, for a Sunday. Uh, and when I send that tweet out, and all the Joes plays wins, <laughs> like that happened this past Sunday, you know it's going to be a bad day uh, for the house. All the public plays won last Sunday, of course, uh, KC on Thursday night as well. Do you adjust back from that when the public wins for a couple of weeks in a row? Are you really looking to fade the public the next week? Or is that not a huge part of your handicapping process? I've never really considered or been intimidated by so-called wise guy plays or uh, uh, or, or private plays, things like that. I, I just judge it week to week, game to game. Uh, it used to be that uh, the public was all squares. It would just be favorites and the large favorites and things. Now and now it's not. Um, public sharp enough. If there's a good value on a dog, that might be the public play. It's the underdog, where that's, I think, an evolution of the marketplace. It used to always be standard. Uh, if over, if favored and over one, the books had a bad day. And not necessarily the case now. Yeah, and one thing that has stood the test of time when the public lines up on the dog, <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in the favorite in that one in general, uh, but certainly not always. And, Stephen, we've got a bunch to talk about. Let's get into it just a little bit before the break. I'm going to ask, with four weeks left in the regular season, how do you approach the home stretch right now? Are you thinking at all about playoff potential at this time of the year, or is this just a situation right now where we're talking – the home stretch is different. Let's worry about the postseason in the postseason. We've got about 30 seconds before the break. Give a quick answer, and then we'll come back to it after. I, 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 I go a week ahead, Teddy. I try to handicap a week ahead along with this with the current week, but that's as far as I go, and especially with this COVID. You really can't get ahead of yourselves. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. We'll talk about COVID in just a minute. We're going to talk about what we do with must-win games. We're going to talk about how to deal with bottom feeders down the stretch and of course I'm going to ask Nover not who's going to win the Super Bowl but I do want his final four coverage continues stay tuned Sirius XM channel 159 the Sports Grid Radio Network SportsGrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid SportsGrid.com
Get all the latest updates, breaking news, line changes, and more by following us on Twitter at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. And you can follow today's guest, Stephen Nover, on Twitter at Stephen Nover. That's Stephen with a PH, not with a V, at Stephen Nover uh, on Twitter. If you miss any portion of today's broadcast, you can always go back and check out the podcast version. Both this show and the college football show each week is up in podcast form. Just search for Cover It with Teddy Covers at any and all major podcast outlets. You can download and listen at your convenience. Talking NFL here with Stephen Nover. And Nover, we're in the point of the season where all of a sudden people are talking about must-win games. I've always taken the approach that teams that are in must-win games are must-win because they're mediocre. And you can't lay inflated prices with mediocre teams just because they must win the game. And yet, when I looked at some database research, the teams that are between have won between 50 and 70% of their games, they're bet on down the stretch. <laughs> As opposed to the teams that have won more than 70% or less than half their games, that little subset, the 50 to 70%, the good but not great teams, have been moneymakers in December. What do you do with must-win games down the stretch of an NFL season? I look at each thing individually, but I will say, Teddy, I think the must-win term, it's... It's kind of old-fashioned. Yeah, I think it meant more back in the day when uh, when you didn't have the kind of parity. Every team is in a must-win situation, whether they're going to qualify the, for the playoffs or not. Even these dead teams, they're in must-win situations, whether it's the, the coach playing for his job, whether it's players playing for bonuses, playing for free agency, playing to prove themselves, playing for their future. Everybody in the NFL, in today's business NFL, is in must-win situations down the stretch. So it's something that you're not going to overemphasize. Teams in a must-win, that's not going to be the, all right, they got to win, i got to bet on this team uh, type of scenario. Um, and you talked before the break about how down the home stretch of the season, you're not thinking big picture at all. You're not thinking about playoff potential at this time of year. You're looking at it. This week and maybe next week, uh, there's no big picture approach in this NFL season given the COVID concerns. Well, that's as far as I can go, Teddy. It's another week in advance. I can't, you know, look (laughs) at this uh, three weeks, four weeks down. You know, sure, you get to maybe the final week of the season or even maybe the second to last week of the season where maybe some of these teams want to rest starters if they can, but it's. It's pretty bunched up. You know, these, these teams at this stage are still going for home field advantage. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, sometimes you're going to find a team, you say, hey, I'm going to ride whoever. I'm going to ride the Steelers. This is a team I'm looking to back the next couple of weeks. Or Tampa Bay is coming together right now. The Bucks are a team to ride down the stretch. Some, or, hey, this, uh, this Browns team has fallen apart, and uh, I'm going to bet against them uh, through the back part of the campaign. Do you, do you have... Thought processes like that, or is it really, I'm looking at this week's games, I'm taking a peek at next week's games, and that's all I'm worried about right now? Not so much in the NFL. I think that's a, that concept can be used maybe for some other sports, but the, the, the NFL, 
you know, there's, there's too much parity. The windows are, are much shorter to, to try to hop a bandwagon on these, these teams. I mean, look at the uh, look at the Bills, a, a team that I'm maybe exceptionally high on. You know, just when you think they're good, they'll, they'll lay an egg. Uh, you know, same you know, same with the Cardinals. Any any one of these teams, you know, they may be hot for a couple of weeks, but you you can't really ride them. It, it's uh, it's going to catch up to them sooner or later. The betting markets are always the great equalizer. We've talked about the must-win games. We've talked about the the overview for the home stretch of the NFL season. I want to ask you specifically now about the bottom feeders. I've got the, and last week, one of the reasons the public cleaned up last week is the public loves to bet against bottom feeders. And last week, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Texans, the Panthers, the Lions, the Giants, the Bears, and the Raiders. Those are the lowest eight teams in my power ratings, the worst eight teams in the league. And all of them, all eight of them lost straight up and against the spread last week. What do we do with these eight teams moving forward? Do we bet against them again and again until proven otherwise? And some of these squads, I know you're saying the players might want to win and the coaches might want to win, but, you know, Texans aren't going all, all out to win games right now. They want that number one pick. So do the Lions. Uh, what do we do with the bottom feeders in the NFL down the stretch of the regular I, season. I highly doubt that, that you have that kind of record this week with the bottom feeders. Uh, maybe the Texans want the number one pick if they even own it, but Davis Mills, I'm sure, doesn't want it. He's he's playing for his future NFL career. He's going uh, he, to get the chance now to see if he's a legitimate NFL starting quarterback. Uh, I, I don't think he is, but uh, he's going to get that opportunity. So uh, he's going to be psyched. As far as the Lions... <laughs> They got buried by the Broncos last week, and I could see that coming because they had just won their pre their the previous week. They beat the Vikings. That was their first win in like 15 games, and they have to go way out to the West Coast. So I think that was an exceptional poor situation for the Lions. In, in that case, uh, the Jaguars. I could see them fading every week because they hated Urban Meyer's guts, deservedly so. But now, now that's ended. So um, you can't. You can't go. Uh, you can't necessarily uh, play the fade, uh, Urban, uh, since he's been fired. So maybe the Jaguars are live now. Uh, what are some of these other bottom feeders? Yeah, the, the Jets are brutal, but uh, uh, Zach Wilson—he's got a lot of uh, a lot to show. He's got to prove he's not a bust. Uh, I don't think their coaches quit. The, the Jets coach, uh, the Bears. Uh, well, it's going to be the Justin Fields show, and uh, you never know which way that way could break. Uh, uh, so. You know, each of these teams is, uh, you know, they have their own, you know, things to, to, to play for, their own, uh, you know, team situations. So basically what you're saying is what happened last week with all eight bottom feeders losing straight up and against the spread. That's an anomaly. That's not something we should expect week yes. in, week out uh, down the stretch. And it's always an interesting position when it's good for the organization in theory to lose a game. But all the players and coaches on the field, you know, they're guys playing for jobs and they're coaches that are coaching for jobs in these situations. So, uh, and I'm sensing a theme from you here, Stephen. I really am. The theme is forget the big picture. This is all about the little picture. You know, I'm like, how do you approach bottom feeders? You're like, I don't approach them at all. How do you approach must-win games? I'm just looking at the game. What do we do with a big picture in the NFL down the stretch? I'm not looking at the big picture. I'm just looking at this week. 
Would you yes. say that that's your that that's your take here? Is it's not about the big picture? It's simply about doing the handicapping for each game each week. And if that's if the answer to that is yes, you know, um, you're not the only sharp guy that's come on this show that said that this year. Well, Teddy, uh, that kind of summarizes my feelings. But let me say the other way. Uh, bottom feeder, I neglected to mention um, <clears throat> that didn't cover last week and it's looked terrible. It's the Giants. Now, I know Joe Judge, maybe his uh, future is, is yeah, has to be determined how, how they play out the rest of the year. I don't think he's a cinch to come back. Uh, but they're unplayable because of their quarterback situation. To me, Mike Lennon is just a stiff. And it's worse behind him if they've got to go with Frome. And uh, there's no reason for them to risk Daniel Jones anymore. So to me, that, that team has already been crossed out because of the quarterback situation. I will either fade the Giants or I will not back them. So, uh, so all these have, like, subtexts to these things. Yes, the Giants are a bottom feeder. They actually have a great uh, spread record as an underdog, uh, especially on the road. Uh, but those, were, those kind of trends is something to look at. But it's also misleading because you have to – understand the quarterback situation and I will not back a bottom feeder on how much line value I'm getting if you have a proven stiff at quarterback like Mike Glennon. Yeah, or uh, perhaps Cam Newton could go uh, into that proven stiff at quarterback role uh, at this stage. Cam Newton's been just awful in Carolina just the way he was awful uh, in New England just the way he was awful in Carolina in his last stint there. Uh, Newton still has a name. Well, Bel- Belichick's not stupid, and he saw that Cam had nothing left. So that's a tip-off right there when he cut him. Yeah, yeah, the Panthers and Matt Ruling company didn't make that same uh, decision. So I want to ask you, I'm not going to ask you who's going to win the Super Bowl, because I think that's kind of a boring question, and it it means you're going to be wrong more often than you're going to be right. But I do want your final four in the NFL, top two in each conference. I've been going with Arizona and Tampa from the NFC and New England and Buffalo from the AFC. I'm starting to get tempted by KC instead of Buffalo. I really am. Uh, and another winning cover from the Chiefs on Thursday. Uh, give me your final four in the NFL. We have uh, less than a minute before the break. So if you don't if you give me two, right. then we'll come back with two after. Well, we agree on two of the four. Uh, in the NFC, I have the Bucks and the Packers, AFC, KC, and the Bills. So, yeah, we're in the same ballpark there. Talk to me about Green Bay, because I look at Green Bay right now as a team that's living on borrowed time a little bit. Uh, Packers, they've got injuries everywhere, Steven. You know it. The offensive line. Well, those guys are steady. They're They're coming back. They're coming back, those guys. Bakatari, the left tackle, is coming back. Alexander, the shutdown quarterback, is coming back. Zadarius Smith, their best pass rusher, he's coming back. They'll be back, you know, another week or two or three at the latest. They'll all be back. We'll be back after this brief message. Cover it. Continue. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're on your TV, on your radio, and on your phone. Go to Twitter and give us a follow at SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV to stay on the grid everywhere you go. Teddy Covers here on Cover It with Teddy Covers, joined by Stephen Nover at Stephen Nover. Nover, of course, uh, got his start in this business as a 
sports gaming writer for the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, he started doing Stardust lines late at night on Sundays, and next thing you know, uh, Nover's a full-on handicapper. He's been doing it very successfully uh, for, what, 28 football seasons. Now, Stephen, you talked about your final four prior to the break. You talked about Tampa Bay and Green Bay and made a strong case for the Packers as being a healthy team and a team you want to watch out for down the stretch. And you talked about Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC. I'm going to ask you about the two teams that were on my list that weren't on your list. That would be Arizona in the NFC and New England in the AFC. Why do you think those two teams in particular are a notch down from the elites? I'm big about having to pay your dues before you get to the Super Bowl. And uh, that means getting into the playoffs, advancing maybe one or two games, or making the playoffs several years in a row, and where you inch up closer to that final status. You just don't just jump right in there and get the Super Bowl. I mean, it's happened, but it's been extremely rare. I don't think the Cardinals have paid their dues. and uh, so I'm just, they've had a great year and they've really proven themselves on, on the road, but I just don't think they're in the Packers in the, in the Buccaneers class. And as far as, um, uh, what was the other one, Teddy? The Patriots. The Patriots. Oh, yes, the, the, the Patriots. Um, I, I give a lot of credit to Belichick. It was one of his all-time great coaching jobs. I think they're very strong defensively. I, I like their offensive line, but... Boy, I, I don't think that skill position talent is there. Uh, the, the rookie quarterback Jones, you've got to. Uh, I'm not convinced about his downfield passing ability. I really not in love with any of their running backs. It's one of these. Uh, the uh, sum is uh, the parts are greater than the, the sum is greater than the parts or whatever. And uh, I just don't think they're Super Bowl talented enough. Uh, I think they've been overachieving to get to this point and. Uh, I um, I know they beat the Bills and Belichick got inside McDermott's head, but uh, I consider both the Chiefs and the Bills, uh, you know, better than New England. There, that's uh, I, I wouldn't argue with any of your rationales there. Uh, I really wouldn't. But I, I look at Arizona as being a really talented team, and I think Kyler Murray is a QB that's on the level of a Mahomes or a Rodgers. Um, and maybe not quite he's, give the credit for that just yeah, you know, he's, he's darn good, Teddy, but no, I would have to disagree with you. He's, that is the highest level, Mahomes and Rodgers. That's like yes. A-plus. Yes. I think Murray's like uh, A-minus, uh, and now he doesn't have Hopkins. You know, that's like taking Adams away from Rodgers. Uh, it's uh, or Tyreek Hill away from Mahomes. You take away Hopkins. That's you know that's been his main guy. So that remains to be seen. I, uh, I like their wide receiving depth, but he he was the alpha dog. That that's a monster injury. I didn't say I was laying the points with them this week in Detroit, <laughs> but uh, Hopkins is another guy. I expect him to be back uh, for the postseason. And let's talk about the future book for a minute. Will you play on any of your teams in a bet to win the Super Bowl? Or are you looking at any long shots when it comes to winning the Super Bowl? And if not, why not? I, I don't, Teddy. There's just never enough value on the, that, the, the Super Bowl. I, uh, I I told you when we had our first uh, talk, you know, in the beginning of the season, what I did was I thought the Bills might win the Super Bowl, but I thought the best value then was to play the Coach of the Year, McDermott, at thirty to one, and. Um, 
because uh, I figured if the Bills were to win the Super Bowl, then he'd probably be coach of the year. But after after his performance against the Patriots on that Monday night, yeah. I ripped up that ticket. So <laughs> <laughs> now I root that he doesn't get coach of the year. Yeah. So in terms of the future, but you can occasionally find long shots with value. And, of course, you look no further, obviously, than the St. Louis Rams back in the day who got multiple sportsbook directors fired here in Las Vegas when they cashed after opening 200-1 to uh, to win the Super Bowl. But that is a very different era than the modern era. So if you're going to look at future book wagers, my advice is always look for long shots, don't look for favorites. And if you want one of the favorites, not like you can't bet those teams, but the way to bet them is not the lazy way. The future book is the lazy way. All right? You make one bet, and then you're good for the whole postseason. The pros here in Vegas and across the country, the pros won't bet the future book like that. What they will do in the postseason, they're going to find the team that they would want to back, and they'll just bet them on the money line each week. You can roll it over. Week after week. Yeah, week you can after roll week, it. Yeah. You can take some out and bet half of what you won the next week. You can bet all of it again the next week. But if you roll it over every week, all right, and it's going to take four wins for a team to win the Super Bowl, unless they're the number one seed, in which case it's only going to take three. All right, but if you roll it over every week, inevitably, inevitably, Stephen, not once in a while or not most of the time, always. You end up with a bigger return on investment than you would have if you did the lazy way by just making the future wager. Now, the future wager is nice. You can take a picture of it and put it on Twitter and look smart. (laughs) But if you actually want to put more money in your pocket, you just bet that team on the money line each and every week of the postseason. And you make more money that way than you will with that pretty looking future book ticket. Agree or disagree? That's that's sharp advice, Teddy. Definitely agree. And by the way, that's a pet peeve of mine. These uh, ego people come on Twitter and, and put a post a picture of a winning bet that they made. You know? Well, there's there's uh, I'm not going to name his name, Vegas Dave, uh, but there are guys out there who literally bet a whole like every future they could bet that was a long shot. The first one that cashed, they're like, hey, look. I got this big ticket yeah. on there. Oh, look, I bet the Astros, you know, or the Royals, whatever it was. They made that guy famous to begin with uh, when he had 40 future ticks in, in his pockets. Uh, it's a good marketing tool, but in terms of actually betting to win, that's not what the pros are doing it, and I wouldn't encourage you to do it either. We have to talk COVID now. I mean, we do. There's guys missing all over the league. We just had a game postponed. Uh, we had a couple of games postponed. Seahawks, Rams, Raiders, Browns. This isn't good for the NFL. What do we do with this, with COVID right now? How are you dealing with the NFL and the numerous COVID outbreaks the league is dealing with? Well, it's an unfortunate reality of today's world, this damn thing. And uh, I'm trying to figure out ways of, of attacking it. And, uh, you know, it's a daily learning process. I, I was, yesterday, uh, uh, well, I should see, you know, since we're taping this early, uh on Thursday uh, of this week, there were still 43s on the uh, Redskins-Washington uh, Eagles game. But then you were hearing about the, the COVID news with, with Washington. So many players were being down, including a quarterback. I think you have to take a lead now with this COVID. Whenever you hear about something like this, whether it's the side or the total, uh, you got to jump on it right then and there because uh, the following day, that total started to really 
go down when Heineke, the, the Redskin quarterback, uh, Washington quarterback, went uh, when he was uh, – uh, said that he had COVID and all that, and then, and so even if the backup quarterback has it uh, or certain skill position players, you might as well just jump on it right away because it's on, the line's only going to go one way. I think that game got postponed too now, so it's kind of a moot thing if you had bet that. But um, it's uh, I just think you really have to be on the lookout for this, and uh, it's um, it's a it's a whole other handicapping factor added to the mix. Yeah, which is not uh, necessarily what we need is more uh, handicapping factors in the mix. But have you learned? I mean, I guess the the, the question, I, the follow up question on that is, what mistakes that you've made have you learned from during the COVID era? One thing that's cost me money is trying to you know trying to get the best of the number earlier in the week, and then you end up with tickets that that aren't as a good number because. You had a bunch of guys missing in action, quarterbacks, etc. Um, so at this stage of the campaign, I love betting on Mondays. I love betting on Sunday nights for the NFL. That's been a big part of my process. But that's few and far between for me this year and at this stage of the campaign. Is that the same for you? That's part of the, the learning process is it's, uh, you know, handicapping a week ahead like I do. You know, you're ready for when these numbers come out. Uh, Sunday night, but now this COVID's thrown a, a whole twist into that. Yeah, you know, a number that might look good on Sunday all of a sudden becomes a bad-looking number uh, later on in the week when this COVID news comes out. So you just have to be more careful, maybe pick your spots carefully. Uh, you know, if you're a shotgun player, you, you better not, you better alter your, your style because uh, this is really affecting a lot of games. And this, I think, has been the hardest week of the year. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. This has been the week that uh, we've seen. And, of course, it's across sports right now. It's affecting games in the NBA. It's affecting games in the NHL. We haven't seen it affect the college bowl games yet at that level. But uh, (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if that, too, uh, becomes an issue uh, over the course of the next few weeks of bowl season. Just a few minutes left here with Stephen Nover again, at Stephen Nover on Twitter. Uh, Stephen why don't you give our audience a NFL and is it a NFL opinion or an NFL opinion? An NFL opinion uh, for uh, Sunday. Give me a free play uh, for the audience. What do you like that you're comfortable right. discussing now? Let's talk about a bottom feeder, Teddy. Um, I uh, I played this team early in the week. Uh, so far, luckily, there hasn't been that much COVID news about this. I took 14 with the Lions. Uh, that line's come down a little bit. I think maybe it'll go back up uh, against your Cardinals. Uh, I just think uh, good situation for the Lions. Cardinals coming off that. What's that? Um, okay. I, I think um, the NFC uh, West showdown that the Cardinals just had at home against the Rams. Uh, now they got to go all the way out to play the Lions, a team they can't get too excited about. Uh, they have the Colts at home on deck where they got to turn around and go right back home. Lions got blown out by the Broncos, but we talked about it earlier. It was a bad spot for them coming off their first win. They've been competitive in most of their losses. Seven of 11 uh, of Detroit's losses by 10 or fewer points. Uh, They're 1-3-1 in their last five games since the start of November. A win over the Vikings, a tie with the Steelers. Two of those three losses were by uh, a combined five points. Uh, This is a team whose record would be a lot more respectable if they 
didn't lose on plus 50-yard field goals against the Vikings and Ravens. They would have owned two victories against the Vikings, a victory against the Ravens. I don't like Dan Campbell's strategy. I think he's a terrible on-field coach. But these players play hard for him. And uh, the, the, the receiving has gotten better for them. The wide receiving has gotten better for them. So I, I think they can hang here with, with, with two touchdowns. Cardinals, oh, they won't have Hopkins. Their running backs are banged up. And uh, so that, that's my free play for you, Teddy. So even though Arizona has won every road game this year by double digits, yes. Mr. Nover says check out the Lions plus the points. This is not an Arizona absolute annihilation spot. Steven Nover, 30 seconds. Promote yourself, my friend. Well, I, I, you can get me at my own pick, Steven Nover Picks. Uh, I'm on a bunch of websites, uh, Vegas Insider, pregame.com, sports handicapping, picks and parlays, uh, Vegas winners. Uh, so um, uh, so I, I'm there. I'm around. And, um, at thank Steven you, Nover on with. Twitter. Steve, thanks so yeah. much. What is SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It With. Teddy covers on Sirius XM channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. If you missed any portion of today's show or yesterday's show, go back and check out the podcast version. Just search for Cover It with Teddy Covers on Sports Grid. Available at all major podcast outlets. And don't forget, if you want anything, uh, any show that we've done, I think they're all archived since last year's Super Bowl. So there's a guest you want to hear more of. If you want to make fun of me for a prediction I got wrong six months ago, knock yourself out. You can check out those uh, archived versions of Cover It with Teddy Covers as well. Again, wherever you download your podcasts. I'm going to close out the show today with an opinion for Sunday Night Football. We have Tampa Bay and New Orleans. And right now, I'm looking at the Bucks minus 11, minus 11 and a half, total in the 45, 45 and a half range uh, for this one. This has been a one-sided series in the regular season over the last two years. The Saints swept them last year, 34 to 23, 38 to 3, and they beat them already this year, 36 to 27. Although this year's win for the Saints had a lot to do with the plus three turnover margin they had in that ball game. Uh, New Orleans did not turn the ball over at all. In that contest. That was then. This is now. In fact, since beating the Bucks, New Orleans has one win. They beat the Jets. <laughs> and nothing uh, to brag about. They're down to now. I understand Taysom Hill. I don't know if he's better. Is he better than Trevor Simeon? Maybe a little bit. You know, he's not better than Drew Brees. Uh, he's not better than Jameis Winston. You know, Taysom Hill is not the QB who I'm real comfortable putting my money on against a good defense. And this is a Tampa Bay team that's been dominant on this field. 5-0 straight up, 5-0 against the spread in their last five tries. The defense is making plays. You can't run on them. Statement game at home against an opponent that's had their number in the regular season. Bucks or pass on Sunday Night Football for this better. That's going to wrap it for Cover It With Teddy Covers. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll do it again next week. Cheers. 
It's simple, really. Listen. Win. Don't listen. Lose. I mean, duh. This is the home of the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network.